Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast dropping you a trick-or-treat bag every week. Hosted by two guys that listen to Bark of the Moon at least, like, I don't know, 300 times to prepare for this episode. I'm Rocky. I didn't do that. I'm Blaze. Oh, well, one of us did. And that's right. Today, in celebration of Veterans Day, we're going to talk about uh, dog soldiers. We're so. a few days late. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's okay. You can celebrate Veterans Day whatever, just like any holiday, I guess. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about dog soldiers today. And then later on in the episode, we're going to be talking about, uh, what, another entry uh, into into your... I'm still waking up. <laughs> another entry into um, your uh, cabinet video game curiosities. Correct. And also, we may have another segment that we're going to be introducing, and we'll get to that later. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> but first, what's going on, man? Not much. Um... Yeah, had you come over and play the game mm-hmm. yesterday for the input, uh, I I rather enjoyed that. Yes. Um, I think it definitely will give us more talking points. Yeah, right. And some of you just go like, oh, well, that's a thing. The value of cubby holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, introducing then your game, especially a horror game. Something that is so blatant to where the AI just completely shits out. May not be a great sign, but it is very funny. <laughs> uh, but it's a great game. Yeah. It's really fun. It's, it's, it's pretty well made, especially for an indie game. Yep. Um, but did you watch anything or listen to anything else during the week? Uh, you know, something I have been addicted to lately, and I'm going to give it a shout out on the show if that's all right. Mm-hmm. There's a YouTube channel that's been on for many years. It's very popular um, called Nukes Top 5. Okay. And um, it is, you know how I love my ghost hunting videos, even though I don't really believe in any of that stuff. Sure. But uh, he goes through YouTube and goes through all the paranormal investigators, and like every week he does a top five of the most convincing ones. Oh. And uh, every week? Every week. And uh, how dude, many of there, them are there? There are hundreds. Oh. Hundreds, because he goes all over the world. He's got like Chinese ones and Thai and South American ones and. Like, um, ton, tons of different kinds of ghost hunters and a lot of, uh, Jordanian ones too. Okay. And, um, but it's a pretty fun show. Um, there, I always like watching it cause I'm like, oh, here's how they could fake that. Or here's how they could fake that. And then sometimes I'm like, dang, I don't know how they did that one. <laughs> that's, that's pretty creepy. So, um, that's, I've been pretty much spam watching that and, uh, wrestling wise, <laughs> AEW Full Gear was yesterday. What so, happened on that? Oh man, Kenny Omega lost the AEW title to Hangman Page. I don't know who either of those people are. <laughs> oh well, they're great, and it was great, and uh, I love AEW. Unless so. it was like one of those uh, older wrestlers they've been getting for the show. I know like Sting is there now, and uh, they got Jay Lethal now. Okay, yeah. So, and, uh, uh, CM Punk is there. It's weird. So yep, CM, CM Punk, Punk had a match with Eddie Kingston. <laughs> yeah, and that was weird. really good. It's weird for me to call CM Punk an older wrestler. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I mean, he was on WWE like eight years ago. Yeah. And he was wrestling in Ring of Honor years before that. So yeah. he's he is an older wrestler. Definitely at this point. Um, yeah. So um, that's pretty much my week. 
Yeah. I got wild hair up my ass last night. I was like, yeah, I feel like going out and doing something. So I went to French Dispatch. Oh, how is it? Um, it's good. Uh, for those who don't know, French Dispatch is not a horror movie. movie. <laughs> it's not. It's a new movie from Wes Anderson. So kind of what comes with it is everything you would expect from Wes Anderson. And some people may really like that. Other people may not be the biggest fan of that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I still um, got to take Paige to see that Spencer movie she's dying to see. Spencer is, uh, I almost went and saw that last night instead, um, is between that or um, French Dispatch. But Spencer is actually kind of a horror movie. Well, it's about the royal family hating Diana. And stuff, yeah, right? but it's not like biographical at all. Like, oh, no? No, it's, it's almost like more like a haunted house story. Really? Yeah, it's, it's more akin to like Rebecca, like Alfred Hitchcock's Rebecca. How that's basically a haunted house movie with no ghost. But it's no just shit. kind of like haunted by the idea of loss. From what I understand, Spencer is kind of like that also, where it's a haunted house story with no ghosts, but it's basically being haunted by tradition and being stuck in this situation. It's almost akin to like The Shining or something. Well, it's been getting good reviews. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see it. Um, but, uh, you know, I I couldn't give two shits less about the royal family, but but no, Paige are, loves that. Terrible. Stuff. Yeah, they are because <laughs> they're terrible. Um, uh, but no, I did see French Dispatch, and it's Wes Anderson. Hey, I like <laughs> it's Wes, Wes Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, I do too. And I mean, you know, if, if it's it's every bit of Wes Anderson a Wes Anderson movie can be, where I, I need to watch it again because it's so much. You know, the, just the dialogue and, and the visuals, he packed so much in at one time to make this high-end, pretentious, if you want to call it, that's fine, hipster art. <laughs> that's what it is. I, I don't think he, he would argue. So, French Dispatch is really good, though. I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I'll review it other than it's, it's Wes Anderson. Any you like it or you don't like things? it. In that movie? No, and you're weak. <laughs> Uh, living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I totally get that. Yeah. I have medication for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't. Get uh, some. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. Um, no, uh, not, nothing. Uh, I really haven't had time. I've been so busy at work that we really haven't had, I haven't had a lot of time to really watch anything yeah, new too much. Up. Yeah, I was going to try to sneak out and see, um. Thanks, Killing Seven. Yeah, Seven. <laughs> I was going to try to see a horror movie of some sort. I was either going to try to see Antlers or or Spencer, uh, just to have a little something to talk about because I tried to bring up a new horror movie. But um, yeah, I didn't have a chance to. No new TV shows to start watching. Um, yeah, I don't think. And the news has been kind of quiet this week as far as horror goes. I believe I don't think there's been any really big news. Oh, here's something we can talk about. Uh, we have had two birthdays this past week. Uh, Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins was yesterday, and Bill Mosley was, uh, what, like four days ago, five days ago. Happy birthday, Bill and Tom. Yes. Uh, Bill Mosley. Uh, Bill and for, Tom's Excellent Adventures. Yes, Bill, Bill Mosley from all the Bill and Ted movies. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Tom movies, yeah. fool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, both of them. <laughs> uh, Bill Mosley, people know him famously. Otis. As, as Otis from House of Thousand Corpses and the trilogy of that series. Or more favorite to me, Chop Top. Or Chop Top from Texas, Texas Chainsaw. Chainsaw. Yeah, Chop Top for sure. Um, but also, I mean, just a character actor in general, he's a, a lot, a lot of things. Um, 
And of course, Tom Atkins, who is a teenage teenage heartthrob, Tom Atkins. <laughs> He's still my heartthrob. Uh, he sure is. Is that the only thing throbbing? <laughs> no. That one comes to Tom Atkins. Uh, yeah, who uh, is is a hero to a lot of horror fans. It does. So is Bill Mosley, of course. But uh, not as much as Tom. Sorry, Tom Atkins. Sorry, is, Bill. Tom Atkins <laughs> definitely been having this bigger resurgence in recent years um, because people. Are loving Halloween three more and more, and Night of the Creeps and uh, the Fog and all all this stuff. He's, he's fucking great. Tom Hanks yeah. is awesome. And uh, turn eighty six, he's still still kicking, still doing cons, still doing conventions, everything else. So <clears throat> nice. Yeah. <laughs> so good for Tom. Happy birthday, you, you son of a bitch. Come on a show. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I want to talk to you so bad, Tom. <laughs> Joe Bob may not have you on his show, but we'll have you on our show. <laughs> now I feel like that may be this season. Who knows? I, he's he's going to be out there eventually. Other than calling Joe Bob on that one Halloween special and, and, and threatening to kick his ass when we saw him next. He would, too. <laughs> he would, even at 86. <laughs> um, yeah. Tom Atkins. Awesome. Bill Mosley. Awesome. Check him out. <laughs> you've probably checked him out. If you if you've listened to this, you've checked him out. Blaze has definitely checked out. Uh, Blaze has definitely checked out Tom Atkins once or twice. Mm, more than that. I was I was also prepping a joke for this uh, episode, and and it turns out that um, the joke wasn't going to work. So do it anyway. I can't because it's. Okay, it was going to be this whole thing, <laughs> just because it ties into something that we talked about last week. And so, <laughs> last week we talked about the Astro World Festival, that the terrible thing that happened. Yes. And you brought up that you thought that Drake was there, which is 100% true, that Drake did come on stage during, uh, during Travis Scott's set, and also, I guess, ignored the ambulances as well. So I didn't know if that was true or not, so I was going to make a joke about journalistic <laughs> integrity. I don't know why I'm telling this joke. <laughs> it's gonna be like, you know, all right. So, Astro World Fest. It was like a terrible thing to happen. It was, and blah blah blah. But um, we we <laughs> we hold journalistic integrity very highly here, and we like checking our sources. It turns out that we were false on Drake being there. We did talk to people close to him and talk to his management, and we have come to the realization that he was not there, but indeed at his house. Texting underage girls—that is a mistake <laughs> Wait, on our part. Was he not there? No, he was. There. Oh, he was. There. But that was the joke I was gonna write. I was like, man, I re- I read the multiple places yeah. that he was. No, no, he totally was. I I didn't hear that part, and then I was looking up. I was already working on joke in my mind, and then I felt like, oh, it's true. So I scrapped this joke. But don't worry, I used it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> But yeah, that's still a terrible thing. I'm happy he's getting sued. Uh, fuck that guy. <laughs> Drake's getting sued? Uh, he, he has got pulled in one uh-huh. lawsuit. But I was talking about Travis Scott and his management and everybody yeah. at the festival. Which, yeah, that's fucking bullshit. <laughs> I saw Randy Blythe from... Oh, my God. Yeah, he, uh, he, he was playing that Rockville yesterday, I think he said. Yeah. And uh, he posted a thing about crowd safety and stuff like that. And he was talking about that time... He, I guess he like pushed somebody off stage or something, mm-hmm. and they ended up getting a concussion and dying. Yeah, 
And yeah. so he was like, man, I have been guilty of the same. Thing. So I, I was at first I was like, yeah, you talking about crowd safety. And then he like mentioned like how he didn't do that before. And he's been a part of that problem. And I was like, oh, OK, well, you're fessing up to it at least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not that I really give a shit about Lamb of God. But <laughs> I'm fine with Lamb of God. I'm not a huge fan, but I mean, I, th- I think they're a completely fine band. I think they're very talented. No, I'm um, not. I'm not shitting on them. I, yeah. It's just not my thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, it, it was a terrible thing to happen, of course. But if it's not a song recorded on Speak and Spell from a really <laughs> sad guy in paint, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a genre all, all in itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it is sad stuff. I just I was working on that joke. I was like, I won't say it anyways. Fuck this. <laughs> I'm gonna tell this joke either way. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy he's getting sued. Did you did you see his video? Did you see his video where he was? No. His quote unquote apology video. Where he's like just like this with his like hand on his head. He's like, man, it's terrible, man. Like where. We're gonna do anything to make this right and blah blah. Not one time says fucking sorry the whole fucking time. It's just like, oh shit, my career. What I do? It's like, hey, fuck you, fuck you, fuck the Kardashians, fuck the Jenners. Come on our show. This is gonna be the Kardashians on our on our podcast. I don't like spooky movies. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, it's it's been kind of a slow week uh, news wise, except for those birthdays. So I guess we're just gonna hop on our topics, especially since we're especially since we're going to be introducing a new segment. Yep. This week. So let's talk about 2002's Dog Soldiers. Yep. A uh, a horror werewolf movie where a group of soldiers face off against werewolves. Yes. Um, in Scotland. Yeah, Scott, very Scottish. Very Scottish movie. Very Scottish. Um, so direct... Oh, wait. I have the wrong page. <laughs> it's written, written and directed by Dur- Neil Marshall. Neil Marshall. Yeah. Uh, done things like The Descent, uh, mm-hmm. Segment and Tales of Halloween, The New Hellboy, The Reckoning. He's worked on Game of Thrones and Westworld. He, he's got a good uh, reputation. Yeah, he's for sure. Good director. Um uh, main actor who plays Cooper, Kevin McKidd, mm-hmm. uh, also in Train Spotting as Tommy. Um, oh, he is, yeah. He's in yeah. Train Spotting. He was uh, in Brave and Kingdom of Heaven. People mainly know him as playing, especially if you're a video game person, but just because this video game franchise was so big a decade ago. I mean, it still is, I guess, just not as big as it was around 2010. Is um, He played Soap McTavish in the Call of Duty games. Oh, he's okay. Vo- he's the voice of Soap McTavish. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, he has a very, very distinct Scottish accent. <laughs> like, he's, he's got a very cool accent. He's very, and uh, his voice is, like, deep. And he has a very thick accent. It's very, like, appealing to the ear. And it's hard to not place it with that game for me. <laughs> right. And then we have the Commander Wells, mm-hmm. played by Sean Pertney. Pertwee. Pertwee? Yeah. Oh, Pertwee. It yeah. is a W. Um he did. He was Smith in Advent Horizon. Uh, yeah, he was. That's right. <laughs> he was also in The Reckoning by uh, Neil Marshall, um, and he was Alfred in Gotham. He was. Yeah, Gotham was. Uh, the first season was fine. It, it, it had the same problem with most of those shows that are um, 
on on one of the main networks where instead of having a tight season of 10 episodes they extend like 22 23 episodes it's too much but uh you know with that show it was by the second half of the first season was getting pretty good and then i know that as the seasons kind of went they just like went balls to the wall and did what the fuck they wanted to and i hear that's really good but he was uh he was actually a really good alfred in in that show uh sean pertwee and uh Geez, I didn't write down his name, but uh, another Game of Thrones actor played Davos. Um, yeah, uh, Liam Cunningham. Yeah, great actor. Yeah, Liam Cunningham is a uh, is is Captain. Uh, he's not Captain. Yeah, I guess he is Captain Davos. <laughs> Davos Seaworthy, uh, who's a smuggler in Game of Thrones. Probably uh, one of my favorite characters. Oh, one of the best show. characters. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk horror? Let's talk Game of Thrones uh, through the last two seasons, <laughs> uh, because it still pisses me off. Oh man, <laughs> to take such a, a great franchise and just smash it into the fucking ground! Jesus Christ! I, I you know, if if, if Benioff and Wise never work again, I'd be completely fine with it because <laughs> I was so pissed off. Come on, a show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Uh... But it's, I, like, well, well, I like dog soldiers. Let's, let's interview Benioff and Wise about how they fucked up their career by not giving a shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, dog soldiers is great. Um, dog soldiers are really good. Uh, this was made in 2002, and, and you mentioned that a couple years later, uh, he did make The Descent. And that, that's really what Neil Marshall is super known for. Um, I actually like dog soldiers better than The Descent. Um, I think... I think The Descent is probably a better movie than Dog Soldiers. Uh, we'll get to why. Well, it's a personal thing. A little, little bit later. I love Dog Soldiers, but Descent, I just think, is a tighter film. But Descent was really what made him like super popular. Yeah, I remember yeah, that movie yeah. being very popular whenever it came out. I think that came out like around 2004, 2005, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, just knows how to hit the... It quickly became like kind of a horror staple and horror classic, but it just knows the beats to hit. It knows how to build tension. It's... Still very claustrophobic and scary. It's a very good film. He also made a really weird movie. <laughs> you know, it, Dog Soldier shows you anything that you can kind of merge genres. But he made a movie around 2009, 2008 called Doomsday. Did you ever see Doomsday? No. I don't. <laughs> oh, my God. Doomsday is a movie that's literally like every genre <laughs> just about. <laughs> it is a mess. I kind of like it. They even had a house of it uh, maybe the year of or the year after. At Halloween Horror Nights, um, and it was—it's literally—it's—it's uh, <laughs> it's a post-apocalyptic film that's also a cannibal film that turns into a zombie film that turns into a medieval film that turns into a—it's—it's—it's <laughs> it's, it's so many things, and it's—you just described Army of Darkness, <laughs> <laughs> kind of. It's—it's—I um, it's, don't know. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot. Yeah. I haven't watched Hellboy 2019 yet, still. Uh, connecting to last week with Top of Stranger Things, stars David Harbour yeah. as Hellboy. Um, I hear very mixed things. A lot of people hated that movie. Friends of ours, though, really loved the first half of it, says it falls apart with the back half. But he didn't write that one. He just directed it. But this one, like you said, he did write, he directed. He also edited this film. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. And it was made for 2.3 million pounds. Man. Uh, which I can't tell. <laughs> hey, well, okay, on the first half of it, I can't tell. Because when Dog Soldier starts, I think it looks cheap as shit. <laughs> I, I think they must have spent all the money on the werewolf costumes. Yes, absolutely. Because those are good-looking werewolves. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they aren't bad. Well, I mean, compared to a lot of others. Yeah, for sure. 
Well, it's it's hard it's hard to do a wolf a werewolf costume because it, well one that's a lot scary, of detail. Yeah, one that doesn't like big dumb fucking. Yeah, this definitely has like more than uh, a lot of werewolf films, in my opinion. It definitely has more of a wolf face. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, but I like how the body is very human. Just like here, yeah, like it's yeah. torso is very like human still and all that. Which I think us saying it's a werewolf movie isn't a spoiler. We're gonna spoil it too much, like we did Seance, because <laughs> this one it's 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 not fun just hearing like us explain scenes with Seance. We kind of had to, but with this one we don't have to explain beat by beat everything that happens because it's just a fun movie to watch. Oh yeah, because <laughs> uh, it's kind of like action blended with horror. It is. It is. It's it's a, a movie where it starts out as one thing, and then kind of turns into a new thing. Um. By the very beginning, one of the things I'm not a huge fan of is that it starts in one place at a certain time, and then the next thing it jumps back four days, <laughs> and then it jumps two years forward. Oh yeah, it has three okay. different time jumps in like the span of like ten minutes. Because he was doing the he was uh, testing to be part of the special ops. Yeah, Cooper was. Yeah, and. Uh, then all of a sudden he's like, shoot this dog. <laughs> it's like, why? No, I, I'm not going to shoot the dog for nothing. And he's like, oh, I can't have you on my team. <laughs> like, you can't shoot dogs? Get out of here. Which at, first, like, which at first I'm like, okay, I guess that's a lesson to do. That, like, that's a dumb lesson. It's a terrible lesson, but I'm like, okay, well, I can't understand where it's like, I need you to have this type of coldness and, and you know, killing ability where you can't get connected to like anything i just right. would I rather understand. be a person but <laughs> but then like it comes up later where he just tries to shoot another dog yeah he just, he just, he just doesn't, doesn't like, like dogs, dogs. <laughs> which you know is ironic yeah yeah it's very <laughs> ironic um but I just don't understand why it's like okay this is happening right now and then we're going to go back two or four days well to the audience why, why can't they just be happening at like the same time you don't have to tell us it happened like a few days before you can just be like elsewhere like this is happening that same night and then like jump the four years or however long like forward mm -hmm. like why, why explain to us like oh this happened this night and then a few days later this happened like but it doesn't play at all in the story i don't think i will what? say there is a part right at the beginning mm -hmm. when the wolves first show up mm -hmm. uh that really caught me and it's when the guy is running away from the werewolves and he runs so hard that he impales himself on a tree. Like, oh, yeah. how hard do you have to run to I, fully impale yourself on a tree? I completely forgot about that scene. So whatever happened, I had to rewind it like three times. Like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that. what a chump way to go out. I feel like the world was just standing there like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, I guess I'll just pull you off of here. <laughs> oh, well... Yeah, but the, the story is that uh, we didn't say what the general plot is. The plot is that um, a, a a group of army, uh, an army unit is dropped into the woods of Scotland on a training mission. Against the special ops. Against special ops. It's basically like, I don't know, manhunt. So they <laughs> <Something>. think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just, they're just doing, you know, they're doing... Uh, different maneuvers and stuff out there and and their their guns have blanks and they're supposed to you know basically incapacitate the other team i guess or get to an objective without getting stopped 
just just you know regular infield maneuvers and stuff. But little do they know that special forces team may have been dropped. Wait, or is this a different? Is there two special forces? No, teams same one that okay, he was the training same one. with. Yeah, uh, may have been dropped into the woods with another agenda, which you find out later on in the film that they aren't there just for maneuvers, but the army uh, unit does not know this. And so we follow them. Um, and they're all kind of, uh, I guess as the movie goes along, you kind of, uh, I don't know, you, you, you get more of a feel for their characters, but generally I, I think that all of them, except for Cooper and Sarge, kind of start blending together. <laughs> There's like two or three yeah, of them that look exactly um, alike. Uh, what, Sp- Spoon? Is that his name? Yeah. They're like, and I remember there was like, we're going to need something fast and loud. Yeah. And then they're like, spoon. And it's like, what led for him to be fast and loud? <laughs> where where yeah. did that come from? Yeah, because I don't remember being very like loud. like or, Yeah, or all that fast. Yeah, right. But yeah, all of kinda, a sudden, it's like, we need dumb. something fast and loud. And then everyone looks at him. He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, it, well, at the very beginning, they're all dressed the same. Like, they all have the same beanie on. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, they're all in uniform, they so all it's have, hard to tell them uniform, apart. They all have their uniform, and all that. They all look alike in the face. Um, There's ghosts. They there. all sound the same. No, it's these goddamn acorns. I, I got a tree outside of my place, and these fucking acorns are falling on the goddamn tree and been, like, pelting fucking everything for the last couple of days. I'm so. going to film this for Nuke's Top 5. <laughs> <laughs> you should. He's going to be severely disappointed. <laughs> but uh, uh, they, they all... They don't, none of them really have distinct personalities. And here's the thing is that, that people always complain <clears throat> with like military films that, uh, that sometimes people in the unit are, are cliches. Like, oh, you have the guy from New York who likes baseball and the, the guy with glasses who's the nerd and like, you know, this and that and whatever. And people are like, oh, there's such cliches, but there's kind of a reason for it. <laughs> it's because it's a distinct personality trait where you're like, oh, it's that person. Right. In this one, you have the guy who loves English football. He loves he loves football, uh, or as us Americans call it, soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's his trait. Um, but there's nothing really distinct about any of them too much, and I get that that you want to have them feel kind of a little bit more natural. You don't have them as complete cliches, but also whenever everybody's dressed the same and everybody is is in the same unit and everything, you kind of want a little bit more distinction and character. So cliches actually have a purpose sometimes of having someone be like, hey, here's something that's very much like a stereotype because you remember that this person is that stereotype. So whenever something happens to him, you're like, oh, that person died. Unlike this movie, we're like, wait, who the fuck, who the fuck died? That wasn't Cooper, right? Okay, then I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's not Cooper <laughs> yeah. or Sarge or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's that one guy that looked like the other guy. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It, actually, there's, as the movie goes along, there's a couple of them that kind of just disappear or die at some point that I'm just like, oh, yeah, there was another guy here. Oh, yeah, they got Terry. It's like, who? Yeah, who the fuck <laughs> is that? Like, okay, whatever. But yes, uh, they're they're all doing maneuvers. Turns out there's werewolves in the woods, and they get attacked, and then they run into a house. So well, they get saved by a woman that's just out there, Megan. Megan, and um, she takes them to the closest house, uh, which is abandoned. But it seems like somebody was there recently because the food. Well, wasn't abandoned. She was staying there. Yeah, but you don't know that though. Oh, you don't? I thought she was like, 
Because she was yelling at him for raiding her cupboard. Oh, I, no, the family's cupboard. She says that she lives in the next town. Oh, that's next, right. The, that's right. The house over. in Glen or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Screw me. It's, it's his family's house that, that she it's like her next door neighbor, basically. Because uh, there's not a lot out there. There's no phone service. There's no, the, the closest town is like a four hour drive or some shit. They're in the middle of fucking nowhere. And uh, so the movie kind of turns into a full on uh, like home invasion film. Yeah. Uh, where we're, the majority of the film just takes place in this uh, farmhouse or, uh, you know, this whole kind of a uh, uh, cottage or whatever the fuck. So they're putting up defenses and, you know, prepping for attacks. It's uh, yeah. it's a fun movie. Though. It's a fun movie because they don't have the means to kill the werewolves um, because uh, the house holds no silver. It turns out that their uh, guns and grenades really don't do much to the, uh, to the werewolves because <laughs> they just fill them up with lead this whole film. <laughs> They sure do, and, and it and it doesn't do anything. And I know Wells um, at the beginning gets sliced open uh-huh. with his intestines hanging out. Yeah, and the line that was uh, so funny to me was, uh, oh, "Get out of here, Cooper! I'm not gonna make it." And he's like, "No, we're just gonna put him back in." And he starts <laughs> shoving his guts yeah. back into his body. And I'm like, yeah, that works. Like, There's some, uh, you mentioned Army of Darkness earlier when it brought up Doomsday. Uh, I think it is hard not to see the Sam Raimi influence in this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, just with how everything is shot and kind of like this humor base. Like, there's one time where they get attacked by the werewolves. I think it may be the first time they get attacked while they're, while they're in the house. And um, they're trying to, like, keep the werewolf from getting through the front door. And like all this craziness is happening. The dog, there's a dog inside the house, um, a small dog, and just barking. Yeah. And uh, and also trying to eat his intestines. Yeah. So and and trying to eat his intestines. And so that's ridiculous. And so this is all happening. And then the captain, played by uh, Liam Cunningham, Liam Cunningham, that we referenced earlier, the special uh, that, ops captain. Yeah. That that hates that hates dogs. Tries to shoot the dog. Before he shoots the dog, uh, somebody throws up on his head. <laughs> It's just like this whole like manic like this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, and it's like crazy, but it's kind of darkly funny, and you know all this. It feels very Sam Raimi-ish to me, um, and so and that's kind of like how the whole movie is. The action is fun, oh yeah, but it's also um, uh, violent, and it's also pretty scary um, as as it goes along. You 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 feel a connection to, especially Sarge and, and, and Cooper. Cooper, for sure. Yeah. Actually, I was going to say, like, that's something I wrote down was, I really appreciated their character dynamic. Yeah, I like their dynamic. I like, think that... There, it was, there was some parts that got a little emotional in there. Oh, for sure. Between them, so... Yeah. Um, there's also definitely a, uh, kind of a, we are talking about genre blending. There's also a, a zombie film feel to this. Kind of like a yeah, there kind of is because um a I mean of course the clear reference would be Night of Living Dead, <laughs> hey we're stuck in this you know farmhouse or you know this this one location and this outside supernatural force is trying to break in which is also like Evil Dead or something like that you know yeah but um tons of movies yeah but this is like a distinct like group of creatures trying to break into the house and they have to fend them off mm-hmm. um. But also the idea of infection, 
um, because it's like the mythos of werewolves where if you're bitten or scratched and then you get changed into a werewolf. By a werewolf, you get changed into a werewolf. And it takes a while, too. Yeah, it takes a long time. Um, a little a little hazy on the time frame. Because yeah, because <laughs> it's like, wait, yeah. his took like a day. Yeah, the yeah. other guy was like a few hours. Sure, yes, like, exactly. Um, and, and at first, when he was talking about, you know, like when they were doing the guts and he was up and walking around i'm like well this is silly like why are why is he up and walking around after he just got his his guts super glued back <laughs> into himself and then he's like does this seem fucking normal i'm like no it doesn't thank you for mentioning that like, like oh yeah <laughs> touche no marshall yeah <laughs> um and also other references that, that i feel um first of all no marshall said there's a lot of homages to hg uh, wells Okay. Um, but he also, uh, the movie also feels a lot like, reminds me a lot of Aliens. Um, this movie could be called Werewolves and it'd be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, there's some shots. Copyright that might not like, like it, like but. Aliens. Um, hey, well, they do a Predator. Yeah. They do Predators. Um, but Neil Marshall said in an interview that he didn't want, when we first pitched the idea, I guess he first worked on the idea back in like maybe the mid nineties and he was like pitching it around or whatever. And then like time passed and they finally gave him the chance to shoot it and finance it. And this is, you know, his directorial debut, uh, which is a hell of a debut, um, by the way. But he said that he didn't want any of the normal werewolf shit in this movie about like, Oh, it's a curse. And Oh my God. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so tortured and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I just want fucking werewolves. <laughs> and I want them fighting fucking soldiers. <laughs> and, I want, and that's all I want. Like, I don't want, like, I'm such a tortured soul. And it turns and, like, out cursed. that's all I wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, I mean, there, there is, like, some cursed stuff in this. But you don't see anybody, like, wallowing in their, like, self-pity. Of, no. Like, oh, my. You know, there's every other werewolf movie for that. <laughs> it's, it's not this one. This one is a complete genre film. This is 100%. B movie genre type stuff you're getting right. Um, it's fun. It, it, it is fun. What I was saying earlier though is that I think that it looks kind of cheap at the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I think once they get the house and everything gets a little bit darker, lighting wise, everything. Everything starts looking better. Looks better. Um, also, I feel like why it looks the way it looks it does give it a very. Uh, throwback to like kind of like the old school like genre film feel like it feels very grainy and you know yeah feels I'm, I'm pretty sure it's actually shot in a film you know it was it was a little too early to be shot like digitally or whatever so yeah in fact i was because i was watching the blu-ray and uh i was like man this does not look like blu-ray quality yeah right yeah i watched my blu-ray as well the uh Screen Factory Blu-ray. Uh, you guys can go out and get that. Well, did we check what uh, someone wants to stream this movie? What it's on? Uh, I did not. I can really quick though while you're um, talking. There's also another little movie reference I noticed. I don't know if you noticed this, but um, near the beginning, whenever they're walking around, they they get dropped off by the the helicopter and they're. What was I looking at? <laughs> streaming. <laughs> <laughs> When they get dropped off by the helicopter, they're wandering around the woods. Um, they start whistling as they're walking. You know the part I'm talking about? Yes. And then there's like this shot where they're kind of going over like a hill and they're all like whistling in sync with each other, walking behind each other. Was that any movie that you were reminded of from that? 
Spaceballs. No. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> I was going to say Snow White. It's like when the seven dwarfs oh, are going to work. Oh, yeah, that makes and sense. All that. So it's kind of the hi-ho kind of moment. Gotcha. Okay, um, uh, the only thing it's streaming on is AMC+. Plus. Okay. Oh, well, that's where there's an AMC Plus and a Shutter. Yeah. Because they own, uh, they own Shutter. Yeah, all I see on here is AMC+. Plus. It's not even on Amazon. Huh. Well... You guys can watch it on AMC Plus. Or Might you can be buy the Blu-ray. Just go buy the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is like I think like fourteen bucks on Amazon. It's I got it at Second and Charles for like seven dollars mm. years ago. It is worth a buy. Um, but uh, one thing that that I notice more and more is uh, a little term that was coined by Red Letter Media called now <laughs> the case of the not gays. <laughs> Everybody in this unit has a case of the not gays. Um, since it's a whole bunch of guys, they had to make sure that you know that they're heterosexual. Because <laughs> whenever they're laying down talking, it's like, I can't wait to go get laid. <laughs> yeah. And then another guy's like, a few minutes later, like, oh, yeah, whenever I get home, I'm going to find a nice piece of ass to sleep with. It's like, dude, it's fine. Like, you guys are a military unit. I know you guys aren't all gay. You're like, I know that this is your job, and you're just, like, undropped. Into like the woods. I know you're not there to like fucking each other. This is a picture of my wife. Look <laughs> at my wife. I'm not gay. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's fine. You don't have to like tell me like how heterosexual you are. Or, like whatever. It's completely cool that you are just a bunch of guys on a mission. Like, I, I literally, yeah, it, literally, there was no reason for it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like let me talk about getting laid real quick. It's like, like, oh well, phew. At least they aren't gay, <laughs> dude. It's it's fine. Like I. <laughs> It's, In yeah, fact, I mean, it would have been, been improved fine. if yeah. there was one. Yeah, I was going to say, it'd be fine if they were all gay. Like, who gives a shit? But, like, you know, as time goes by, when dialogue like that happens It movies, gets a little annoying. It's not It's not just annoying, but it just, like, sticks out. Like, you just always notice it. I, at least I do. I always notice it now. Yeah, it's like, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, oh, well, thankfully, we put the straight dialogue in just in case you guys were wondering. Like, I wasn't. <laughs> Didn't didn't cross my mind. <laughs> I do not give a shit or one fuck. So it's completely fine. What is in this movie though is sexism. Oh yeah, uh, there is a few sexist lines, especially towards um, you women. Yeah, yeah, about women. I was like, so, geez, ma'am, lay off. Um, I guess this was a, a, at a particular time. This was in the early two thousand, which I mean wasn't okay then either. But I guess that we weren't. It was never okay. It was never okay. But we were, we weren't bringing. A, attention like we do now to writing like that we're just like because watching this now in 2021 whatever dialogue like that happens you're just like ooh, this was always 20, almost 20 years old can you believe that shit yeah that's crazy <laughs> almost 20 years old i just said that um but uh no oh, no that's he says you women are all the same yeah it's like geez like lay off buddy <laughs> like i was also trying to figure out um the parallel where i feel like this is talking about um like a woman on her period. Oh yeah, a period reference in it. Yeah, stuff, there is. Like uh, uh, the werewolf curse is like getting your monthly flow. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I, I was trying to like do you know like oh well are they trying to say something with this movie or whatever or was that just a line? I think it was just a line, but yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um, <laughs> I wrote this down. <laughs> what? Um, there's a part where near, near the end, whenever the werewolves are like full force, like attacking them and they're like run through the house and stuff. 
and uh, one of our characters, I won't spoil who, goes into the bathroom, locks himself in the bathroom, he cracks like a glow stick. Yeah, that looks like a black light. Yes, it does. And he's like going around like the bathroom, whatever. In my mind, I just wanted like this punchline for doing it and just werewolf jizz. <laughs> so literally, <laughs> so literally in my notes, I wrote wolf jizz question mark. <laughs> you know, there there was another part when all the werewolves were attacking that that I noticed, and it's when the werewolf uh, they're using the shotgun against the werewolves, and then he pulls it out. And then the shotgun fires back. I'm like, did the werewolf just shoot it? Yeah, yeah, he fires the gun. Yeah, and then he yeah. threw it back in. I'm like, man, it would have been so cool if he kept it. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> the are, it. It's like, okay, we have a new development. Now the werewolves are armed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That would have been insane. <laughs> I wish they had done that. Yeah, because he pulls a gun and then he like the dude ducks and he shoot he launches a shot into the window. Um, does is there one part where he pulls a gun and hits him with it also? I don't think Is so. Is there a hits him with the butt of the gun? I don't remember that. Um, what, one of the problems I have uh, uh, with this movie, and this, this is with a lot of films, really. Uh, is when <laughs> they're trying to keep quiet and the Megan goes and plays Claire de Lune for 10 minutes. <laughs> that was, uh, <laughs> it's not that, but that is noticeable. I've been hearing people always use Claire de Lune. I, like, I, I, even, I even wrote down Claire de, Claire de, Rune. <laughs> Claire de Lune. Claire de Lune dot, dot, dot. Very original. <laughs> <laughs> no, my problem is um, with some some of the ways the action scenes are shot. And this this is this isn't just a sin for this film. This is a lot of movies with shooting uh, action scenes uh, where they shoot them too close and they have too many edits in them. We're yeah. just like, okay, wait, what's happening? The, the biggest person I the biggest example of this I can make. And these movies get fucking praised, but this motherfucker cannot shoot an action scene. Scene, scene. and Charlie Sheen can, <laughs> uh, can't shoot an action scene. I think to save his fucking life, as far as like a hand-to-hand combat scene goes, and that's fucking Christopher Nolan with his Batman movies. Oh yeah. Oh my God! Pull the fucking camera out. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just edit, edit, edit. You can't tell what the fuck is happening. You can't tell like what what's the geography? Where where are we right now? Where what? I'm just saying. It's like Batman's supposed to be like this master martial artist. Where you see him just throwing elbows like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, just flailing around. It, it, it's it's awful. <laughs> um, and it's kind of the same with this, where it's just like so much action is happening. Just chop, 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 and it really. There's something about whenever you watch a lot of martial arts films and how people like actually choreograph fights and know like they'll actually hold a camera for at least two or three seconds at a time and choreograph like we take it segment to segment to segment to segment, right? Which I mean, this does also, but just like so fastly editing that you you just can't keep up with like wait, all right, slow down, pull it out, let me let me see. (laughs) Slow, slow down. Pull it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're mature. Because um, <laughs> um, uh, right after I watched this, I watched the the, the Shang Chi movie, the uh, the new Marvel film Shang Chi. And uh, one thing I will give that movie is that the action sequences, as as derivative as they were, as the movie kind of went on, is that I could tell what was happening action wise. Like, everything was choreographed enough to where I could say, okay, I can tell the flow of movement. I can see what's happening. Yeah. With this movie, it's just, 
not only is it dark, <laughs> but there's some things where it's like limbs are just flying and things are happening. I'm just like, what, what, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> um, so that, that is a problem I kind of have. Um, doesn't mean the action's not fun. Just it's, it's hard to keep up with sometimes. It, it's a problem that a lot of a lot of directors have. It seems it, they feel oh, like yeah, they can figure it all. That's not solely to this movie. No, no, they feel like they can figure it all out in editing and stuff, and, and then they edit it so much that it's just okay. <laughs> let's try to let's try to give this a little bit more air to breathe, like in the fighting sequences. It, you know, I get that you want to have a kind of manic, but also you want to have it to where your audience is understanding what the fuck is happening. Right. Um, fun thing about the house, uh, the exterior of the house, uh-huh. they only built the front. Really? And that's all they shoot, yeah. I did not e- know Everything that. else is like miniatures and stuff. Um, but they only built the front of the house as far as the set goes. Hmm. Yeah. That is interesting. Uh, oh, earlier in the movie, <laughs> I have this written down also. Um, is uh, they're they're at a campfire. because uh, it's nighttime, you know they're they're still wandering around the woods. They, nothing nothing has happened yet, you know. They don't know there's a werewolf or werewolves in the in the woods or anything. Um, they're just bullshitting around. All of a sudden, a a cow flies out of nowhere. A dead just, cow, yeah, just sliced to pieces. Yeah, just completely massacred, and they act. Pretty normally yeah, <laughs> to like, this fact, and then he starts shooting at it, and then everyone's like, "Ha ha, you idiot! You're just shooting at a flying cow corpse." It's <laughs> like, why is that normal? Like, why would you be like? I guess they, I guess they assumed it was like, oh, they're just trying to scare us in the training mission oh, or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, the special forces that they took the time to just butcher this cow, yeah, and throw like, it over. I don't know, but like, also their leader is a complete. Fucking asshole. But they don't know. They don't know the captain's there either. Yeah. But well, uh, they find him. <laughs> they sure do. Uh, it is. Uh, uh, it's it's a good movie. I like the film. Uh, I don't know. It's it's just with that scene though. In particular, was just it's like we're we're acting pretty normally about this. You're like, oh my god. All right. Well, let's go and go on the mission. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and right. I also thought it was very strange at the beginning of the movie when the couple is camping out and she's like, honey, for this wonderful date you've brought me on, here's a knife. <laughs> here's a knife. Yeah, I, I don't know what, why, why does he get a knife? Yeah, I, I don't know. She just gives him a knife. She, you know, she's like, it's pure silver. It's like, oh, <laughs> why? <laughs> There, there, there's a Chekhov's gun. Yeah, it's like, uh, too bad that you didn't use that before they slaughtered your wife. <laughs> and him. And him, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that, that part does feel a little out of place, except for we need to have this piece of silver so that they can use it later on. I just, I, it, it's not that I would be upset if, like, Paige was, like, one day, like, hey, I, I bought you this knife. I'd be confused i'd be like well that's kind of cool i mean i don't really stab things but it's neat (laughs) thanks it's just like whenever you got that blunt instrument oh no i wanted that (laughs) no the thing with like the spikes on it and shit yeah you wanted that yeah i bought that oh i thought somebody else had got that for you were like what is this was there something that somebody got mace yeah i thought there was something else that i got for you and you're like wait what is this uh, it's like something like that. And 
oh, it was a magnifying glass oh, made out of a God. horn. And I was like, huh. <laughs> That's right. That was the mace for a second. Yeah, I was like, a magnifying glass. That's neat. It looked cool. <laughs> yeah, it looked cool. It's, I thought it was cool. Um, I thought you were just going to start doing your Sherlock Holmes impression after that. With a giant horn in my head? Yeah, well, you're, you'd be the horny version. Nordic Holmes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, anything else to add about Dog Soldiers? Should we go to the next segment? Um, you have notes. There, yeah. Some of these notes. <laughs> well, uh, we went over most of them. Uh, mainly, you know, the just put your guts back in <laughs> and the dog pulling out the intestines. Uh, I did find it fun that the dog actually lives in this movie. It sure does. Yeah, yeah and he goes away live. with Cooper. Those, yeah. And I always appreciate a good dog making it out. I always appreciate a good dog just getting shot right at the beginning of my movie. <laughs> For no reason. There's no reason except that it was out there. Um, I also wrote down that Megan sucks. Megan does suck. Uh, you mean low, low rent... Uh, uh, What's your name from X-Files? Jillian Anderson? Oh, yeah. Low Rent Scully. Yeah, Low Rent Scully. If, you got Scully, from, if you got Scully from Wish. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, she is just, like, I thought the, t- the twist at the end was just kind of like, what? <laughs> I, I thought it was obvious. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, well, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like, yeah. why are you pulling this off like a twist? Like, it's like, yeah, well, you're out in the middle of Fucking nowhere. For no reason. For no reason, just driving around. It's like, oh, I live in the next marsh over or whatever the fuck. And it's like, okay. And uh, so why don't we just go to your house? <laughs> or yeah. whatever, you know. It's uh, okay. Well, we went to this house instead. I mean, it's pretty obvious that... Uh, there were other plans. Well, it, that, that is. But it's pretty obvious that the... the house that they're in that the family that lives there are the werewolves like, yeah you figure absolutely. that out you figure that out pretty quickly but they're lovely people yeah but her like they're doing her thing where it's like ah i'm actually a werewolf I mean, it's like, like oh shocking <laughs> shocking random woman that was just out here because there's attention is drawn to her early on but like the captain and everything like she says something it's like wait why you said that this instead of that yeah i forgot what it was exactly but I mean, attention's already drawn to her, and it feels like she's out of place anyway. So, I mean, that's really not a spoiler, I don't think. I don't think that twist no, is... No, no, no. I don't like, think it's a great twist, but... It is not at yeah. all. Um, but I, I really enjoy Dog Soldiers. It is a fun movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, check it out. Check it out. <laughs> check it out. Uh, thanks, thanks, Neil. <laughs> thanks, <Yeah>. Neil. <laughs> Neil! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, everybody. Yeah, it'd been better if this was directed by Neil Diamond. I agree. <laughs> but we, uh, we are we are Neil Diamond fans. <laughs> yeah, here, here at Blade of Apples. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a fun movie, and we suggest you watch it. Yeah. So uh, I guess that leads us to our next segment, another curation of Blaze's Cabinet of Video Game Curiosities. So what are we pulling off the shelf this week? Uh, this, uh, well, what's coming out of the trees is acorns. Right Dude, they have been 
pelting my fucking roof all goddamn morning. And I'm wondering if it'll pick up on your like, It'll just sound like a little... Yeah. Um, so today we're talking about a game based on uh, Thai and a lot of Eastern uh, mythology mm-hmm. um, called Home Sweet Home. Yeah. It was developed by uh, Yggdrasil Group, uh, which is a Thai company. And Mastiff, and it was published by Yggdrasil Group uh, and Mastiff, but also SNK. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a, a survival horror, kind of hide and seek, outlast kind of game because uh, you cannot attack. Your only defense is hiding. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are a man searching for his lost wife uh throughout the game you find clues to find out she's been having these strange dreams <laughs> in the diary of jane <laughs> that's why i thought because her name is jane and you find and you find her diary, diary. it's a diary of jane and so something's getting in the song. way <laughs> <laughs> but um yes breaking benjamin does the score i don't see the problem um, so you, you end up finding pieces while you're trying to search for your wife, uh, and you seem to be going through her dreams, um, which happen to be based around a lot of Thai myths. Um, there are a lot of different things that you find, such as jinx, uh, uh, jinx rituals that are, uh, throughout, like, uh, nail dolls and, uh, love dolls and stuff like that that are based in those cultures, um... Like, w- when you start off the game, like, right off the bat, you, like, probably five minutes in, you are being chased by a ghost girl with a box cutter, which is pretty creepy. Um, it's super creepy because you can hear, it's like when there's exacto blade, uh, a box cutter. So if she's near or she's somewhere not far, um, which means the same thing, sorry, um, you can hear you can hear the clicking of the exacto like kind of clicking in and out, extracting and, and retracting, and it's actually pretty creepy just sound wise. Like, oh yeah, it it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, it is um, uh, along the way you see some um, other different mythological ghosts and creatures in this game. Um, Mainly, the the story is something you kind of have to put together yourself mm-hmm. by finding the notes and the jinxes and figuring out like what's the deal with the ghost girl? What's the deal with the uh, you know the giant ghost man who's eating tables? <laughs> like, yes, yes, a preda. Which a we'll preda. Be talking about our next segment. We <laughs> sure will. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I think it has a very good uh, uh, building of tension. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like the idea that uh, you're going through these different dreams that somehow lead back into your house. Yeah. Uh, your wife has been leaving notes that you have not been very communicative and uh, communicative, mm-hmm. and uh, have not been spending a lot of time with her. So she just kind of disappeared into these dreams, and you're trying to find her. Or she just runs away from you all the time. Yeah, just keeps after a while, she'd be like, "Man, fuck this." Yeah, <laughs> like I'm really tired of almost dying. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh, those Resident Evil, the last couple Resident Evil games, were just like, you know, I, I actually like my fucking hands, so <laughs> fuck you. Because I keep on getting stabbed in my hands, or my fingers cut off, or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, it was fun uh, having you over to play it with me. Yes. Uh, yeah. So uh, what do you think of the game? Uh, I like it. It's uh, especially for an independent game. Uh, it looks really good, mm-hmm. and they have some pretty good jump scares in it. Uh, <laughs> but um, there's also kind of a I don't know if it's a glitch in the game, but there is something you can do. <laughs> yeah. That that kind I of I found that one. Um, they kind of, <laughs> they kind of um, undermines the horror. You can okay. You don't want to have a glitch in your game if you're a horror game where um, it can actually slice the tension in half, <laughs> at the very least. Um, and this game has one of them, to where if you're getting chased around by the, the girl, uh, does she have a name? Uh, 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 Betty. Betty. Or, or no, Belle. Belle. Belle, uh, Belle the, the girl with the uh, box cutter. Because you get her student ID, and you find out she's been doing like a... Love rituals. A love ritual that ended badly. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Um, But when she's chasing you around, you know, you can't fight back. So you have to either hide in a locker or or hide behind something or whatever and hope that she's, that the AI is dumb enough (laughs) to be like, all right, (laughs) just like go to the next room. It's funny because, like, if if you're down in the hallway and you hide in a a locker, she'll find you. Yeah. But she sees you go into it, she's going to find you. But. But. But if you find a hole in the wall, <laughs> yes. if, if you find uh, there's sometimes a hole in the wall where you had to crouch to go through it uh, and you, you find a hole in the wall, she, if she's following you and you just duck right in there, she will literally just stop at the wall and go, oh, all right, <laughs> I guess that's it. <laughs> just turn around and walk off. So as Blaze is playing, he finds this out. He just starts taunting her and teasing her. <laughs> We're, we're just cracking up because <laughs> you keep just like going out. She's like, ah, runs at you. You Stop. just duck back in. She's like, oh. <laughs> come back. Walks come. off. <laughs> uh, I will say, though, it did end up trapping me. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got screwed on that one. Yeah. Um, but no, it's good. It's uh, uh, as, as, far, as far as everything goes, though. It is creepy. It does have a good sense of atmosphere. Um, it has also, though, it ha- I mean, this is most horror games. It really isn't too much of a complaint. It's just another one of those things that just kind of sticks on my mind of, um, I'm walking around this horror game. All right. Everything's very spooky. I'm going to start reading some letters that are left around. <laughs> Who la- who's laying all these fucking letters and notes, and who's the fucking time to be like, all right, time to fucking read this yeah, it's memo? Like, well, I may be getting chased by a demon girl, but <laughs> I better check this out. Look at this scientific memo I found with <laughs> the zombie. I better read it. None of this means anything to me. All right, moving on. It's like, wow, convenient. There's a Preta outside, <laughs> and I have a spell right here to, <laughs> to get rid of a Preta. <laughs> this is great. But, I mean, that, like, like you said, that is most horror games. Like, mm. uh, But there are some puzzles. There was a safe puzzle in there that, oh, yeah. oh, my God, that was really confusing me. I was like, no, we're doing this right. Like, how is this not working? In hindsight, I guess it was kind of easy to do, but it was just... We weren't reading it right. <laughs> yeah, we weren't figuring that out. But uh, uh, yeah, there's some good puzzles in there. The puzzles are right. Yeah, they they aren't they aren't too complex or annoying. It's not like the other game that we reviewed, uh, from the darkness. Yeah, where it's like, how the hell where would you I have know to that? get a strategy guide to be like, what am I supposed to do here? This yeah, is I have no idea possible to follow. On. Um, this game is actually like more linear 
in a good way of being like, all right, you have to go here, you need to go here, like do whatever. Yeah. Except for where we stopped last night, felt like it was getting a little confusing. But um, yeah, it was starting to get a little more confusing and not knowing where to go. But yeah, but for for the most part, it's not like okay, you have to read the thread. You got to know what even what you're supposed no, to do. No, and we right kind now. of figured out which ways we're supposed to go and everything like yeah. that. So. Um, but uh, we made it pretty far through the game. Yeah, allegedly it isn't very long. So I mean, it's a five gig download, and the nice part about it is it is available on all the consoles. Nice. Um, so you can get it on PC or a console. Um, <laughs> That's one thing we didn't mention is that this is a Thai game, and uh, steeped in Thai mythology and and you know everything that comes with. This oh area, yeah, made by a Thai company. And, and it has people that sound like me and Blazin. Yeah, it's, it's a little odd. Like, everybody's white bread as fuck. Uh, your best friend, Dew. Dew. Mountain Dew. It's me, Dew. Uh, likes to call in and check on you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, overall, it is it is a creepy game. If you want something scary to play and something... Uh, with some interesting uh, folklore behind it. It is definitely one to play. Uh, it, the reason I kind of was interested in it is because I loved Pamali so much. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know, th- I would love another, like, uh, you know, mythology-based horror game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Checking it out. <laughs> All right. So that actually brings us to our next segment, new segment that we're introducing today. Dun-dun-dun. Called- Mythology, biology. That's right. We have a new segment. With uh, Mythology, Biology, we wanted to have a segment that we delve a little bit deeper into maybe a, a ghost or a demon or folklore or something like that that we mention in the show. We give a little bit more background on a creature. Um, so, of course, with our episode Dog Soldiers, it was pretty obvious of what creature we want to talk about. Werewolf. Uh, <laughs> uh, we decided to talk about the Preda, <laughs> not the werewolf, um, because we felt like people may not know what a Preda is, and a Preda is in Home Sweet Home, so if you play the video game Home Sweet Home, it is one of the creatures that you come across, and since it is a game that, uh is steeped in in eastern mythology um or eastern religion because it is part of buddhism buddhism um, and hinduism and hinduism uh it is uh and taoism and taoism yeah it's uh it was it was started as a indian um i think it was started in india and then kind of yeah its its, origins are in the indian religion but it is very prominent Hinduism and Buddhism. But it moves, it's also believed in India, Sri Lanka, China, Japan, Korea, Vietnam, Tibet, Thailand, uh, Cambodia, Laos, and Myanmar. Um, but with this segment, uh, just rewind a little bit, is that we want to just give you guys a little bit of background on some of the mythology. Uh, we think it'd be fun just to see so you guys may learn something. Of course, we aren't and no fucking Aaron Mankey. <laughs> 
No. You know, we so, love so you, Aaron. Yeah, we, Come we do, on the show. We do like Aaron Mankey. Uh, so don't expect this to be like lore levels. <laughs> but we, we think it would be just fun to give you guys some background, a little bit of folklore Dissect that we talked about. Dissect the biology so. of some of the creatures. Yes, yes. That we like to talk about. Yes, you can call so, us the Steve Irwins. Yeah, this <laughs> the, was actually uh, a segment that our friend Brittany suggested. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what she ago. did. I completely forgot about that. So, that's uh, right. I got to let her know that we uh, decided to do that. Yes, for sure. Yeah, uh, shout out to Brittany. Yeah. Thanks, Brit Brit. Yeah. Um, Rebus Pieces. Um, yeah. So do you want me to go through my notes first or your notes first? Oh, we can combine them. Uh, if you want to kick it off, though, okay. you can. Um, well, predators are uh, ghosts that happen in a transient state between death and karmic reincarnation. Um, the usually the spirit had led a false, corrupted, or greedy life, yeah. um, and in death they have an insatiable hunger for particular substances or objects. Yeah, but usually, like their hunger for for things are usually like. You see, like, shit or, like, cadavers or, the, like, they like eating gross stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, in sort of the way of a Wendigo, uh, it is uh, insatiable. Like, it can't, mm-hmm. it, like, it will consistently be hungry forever. Um, well, uh, uh, which also goes into its look, which I think is pretty important. Which actually, Home Sweet Home, I think, did a really good, a good job, job of, of with how they look. Because... They look human-like, but their skin is, like, mummified. Like, they have, like, weathered skin and everything. Yep. And they have narrow limbs, but they have enormous, like, untaken-care-of belly. It's, like, bulging. But everything else is small. They have, like, long necks. And, um... Sunken, yeah. Yeah. And, uh... uh it's because, you know, they, they're so gluttonous and they eat that their bellies are full, but the rest of their body is so thin. Right. You know, uh... Yeah, so I think that's very interesting. And then and, uh, Home Sweet Home, their, their depiction of a predator is actually very good. Yeah, and they are actually in a, a subgroup of ghosts. Oh, are they? Uh, known as revenants mm. so, and nocturnals. So uh, in, uh, uh, in Asian uh, mythology, they're invisible to the human eye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in uh, Hindu mythology... Uh, they are you can they're very apparent like in life on the same plane of existence as humans mm-hmm. right so um but yeah so to uh, uh the family has to engage in different rituals to guide the spirit to the karmic reincarnation yeah uh or else it will be stuck in that state yeah you got to do it for like a year right uh something like that for like one I, year i have uh, the ritual guide is uh, actually uh, pretty basic, to mm-hmm. be honest, um, and it was very similar to the video game. Okay, so uh, it's, it's it's like um, it reminds me of uh, these like different altars you see, like especially in Hispanic culture, but also like whenever you go to like New Orleans and stuff, you see like these little like altars that people make to to the dead. Yeah, with uh, different you know offerings yeah and they such put like, like little that. cigarettes or like you know money or like whatever on there just little things to appease their dead relatives yeah so uh uh 
Uh, did you have more notes before I get to the dispelling? Uh, yeah. First of all, why um, they're always hungry, one of the reasons is um, there's a few different. It depends on whose background you go to. But um, uh, either they have like really small mouths mm-hmm. where they can't consume a lot. Another Other beliefs are that whenever they do eat, that why they eat so much is when they swallow the food bursts into flames before it gets to their stomach mm-hmm. so they don't digest anything um, or it just withers up. So they, they, that's why they're so insatiable because even though they're, they were these gluttonous humans in life and in death and they have this insatiable hunger that they can't stay fed because it all just kind of withers up or dries up. Also, um, the weather affects them differently to where if they're a really, really hot place or freezing and if it's a freezing place, they're hot. Right. And uh, I did and, read and, that. To, to torturous degrees. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, they're typically in uh, uh, deserted kind of areas that I was reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Very interesting creature. Yeah. Um, and the way that families would help guide these spirits uh, is that lanterns and incense are lit around the altar. And then... Um, Religious leaders such as monks or gurus are invited to recite different sacred verses over and over, and then uh, offerings of fruit uh, are made uh, onto the altar while the sacred texts are being read, Mm -hmm. which are supposed to guide the spirit into the next karmic reincarnation. So yeah, yeah, that's the ritual. It's pretty easy. So if you got a preta problem, yeah, yeah, (laughs) call. Call the Preta Busters. Yeah. <laughs> or one of your asshole relatives. Real piece of shit. Jealous, gluttonous type. And hopefully you have a Buddhist Taoist monk or a guru or a swami available. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can put your little, uh, your little altar there to feed them and everything because they're a real piece of shit in their parents' Yeah, they life. were really not that great of a person. <laughs> It's probably a family member you never want to be around anyway, so I don't know why you would really give a shit. What, what well, be, to uh, because they would consistently be bothering you and your family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's a problem. They're haunting you. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting because this is still a belief in in, in Buddhism and Hinduism. Hinduism is still something that that is very commonly believed. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, medieval and ancient, more ancient uh, portrayals of the preta, and uh, a lot of the cultures have very similar imagery of these things. Uh, and the one, the Indian one seems a, a little bit different. Yeah. So uh, definitely look into it. And uh, if you play Home Sweet Home, just know you're you're going to have a mission where you need to cook some tasty treats. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to ruin whenever the Predator shows up, but you'll notice him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll, you'll know he's not invisible to the naked eye. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, you. It is hard to miss him. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, Predas. New segment. Mythology, biology. Every week we'll be talking about the Preda. <laughs> <laughs> Every week will just be a new fact about a Preda. <laughs> so, yeah. little, little kids. There are sexual predators. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You, you got Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. Yay. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but yeah, fuck your dead relatives. Okay. <laughs> Especially the shitty ones. Yeah. Um, no, that's uh, so. What we're gonna be exploring more, more creatures and stuff here and there. And we're, if we're, you have maybe some suggestions, maybe yeah, we can a find a movie or something or a game based on something. Some of those yeah. suggestions are. Yeah, if you have a creature, some type of mytho- uh, folklore, mythological, mythological creature that, that you're interested in, want us to talk about, like you some give cryptids. a shit what we have to say, but we'll talk about it anyways. Yeah, um, we'll you, do some research if you want. Yeah, absolutely. We have we have books. We have many leather bound books. I got a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if if you do want to reach out to us to give us that, or really any questions at all. Statements, opinions, opinions, requests. You can reach us at bladedapplespod at gmail.com or the Bladed Apples IG page, our Facebook page, which uh, Facebook is kind of dying out of scenes, but you can. <laughs> um, uh, but there are ways to reach us. You can also reach us through our personal accounts. You can find me at ghoulboy underscore rudoi, R U D O I. Uh, that is my Instagram and Twitter. Um, Blaze, do you have any place you can find you or just find them on those places as normal? Nothing to plug? Nothing to plug. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Don't bother me. I'll have a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, so you can you can direct the questions at me. Um, but yeah, I mean, we say it every episode that uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for, if you're subscribed, thank you. Uh, if you've shared us with somebody in your life or just online, Thank you. Very much. Uh, you know, and for whoever left us reviews, we, we appreciate that also. Um, but we would love to hear from you guys. We say it all the time. And, and we would love to get mail or start a new segment. See, I mean, hey, you requested it. Look, somebody requested that we do this type of segment or a suggestion of a segment. And we did it. So we're down. <laughs> we're fucking down. <laughs> you know, so if you, there's something Please. you would like to see <laughs> or something you would like to hear that suggested to us. And, you know, we, we can make it happen, I'm sure. Um, we don't know what we're going to do next week. <laughs> <laughs> we're really bad at that. Uh, it'll be something. Uh, it is the holidays, so we may be doing something Thanksgiving-themed uh, just in time. Thanks, Killy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably talk about some movie full of uh, genocide. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Look that- at that. Uh, look at... U.S. history at yeah. that time. That's yep. scary enough. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Uh, but we'll figure something out. Maybe maybe something with cannibals. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, so yeah, that, well, that's a way to feast. You know, you have to have, to have your Thanksgiving feast. I know I know. Joe Bob already did it before. But yeah. we're going to steal that idea. <laughs> we're going to talk about cannibal films. And we'll tell <laughs> him to shag it out. He's like, all right. <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> Hopefully, he won't be drunk on Lone Stars and yell at us. <laughs> no, Joe Bob. Every time I met Joe Bob, he is super, super nice. So I'm not gonna talk bad about him at all. He's he's great. Um, but yeah, you can reach us on there. Request it. Do whatever. We're gonna have another episode next week. Thanks to Stefan Myers as always for doing our artwork. Check him out on Instagram, Crawling Panther. Tattoo Parlor, Ocala, Florida. You can do his main page. You can go to the tattoo page, see his work. He's awesome. Um, he just tattooed some Bella Lugosi eyes on me. 
or their uh, your Bella belly. Yeah, my belly, my belly Lugosi eyes, <laughs> or Bella Dicknosy, because <laughs> it's a lower part of my abdomen. Um, but uh, yeah, check them out. <laughs> and uh, thanks to Blaze also for editing and being a great co-host and. I'm a best friend. And I love him very much. Oh, I love and you our man anniversary is coming up pretty soon. So Yay. I'm excited for that. Um, so, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Anything to add, Blaze? Nope. All right. Well, then, until next time, remember that every day is Halloween, so act accordingly. See you later. Bye.